Thanks for tuning in for our very first episode of MA Architects Make It Innovative, featuring deep dive discussions on the world of innovation as it relates to the built environment. Throughout the series, we'll be interviewing influential innovators that are shifting the way things are done, introducing new ideas and energy to our evolving city in a way that elevates human experiences and enriches lives. These leaders are being proactive and progressive in navigating success set up by innovative design, and we're here to share their stories with you. I'm Mark Bryan. I'm a certified futurist and leader of the research and innovation team for MA Architects. My passion is to find the underlying signals and drivers of change that influence how we promote innovation in the built environments of the future. And I'm Sam Dickerson, Senior Manager of Strategic Communications for MA Architects. My passion lies in behavioral psychology. I love to understand the motivation behind why people do what they do and how to get them to do what you want. And plan to share all of my studies on the topic with you throughout the series. Our kickoff episode focuses around workplace design, which is proving even more valuable in this time than we could have ever imagined. Lisa Ingram, White Castle CEO, will be joining us today for a quick conversation about their company's new office space and the ways they are preparing to pivot to respond to reentry. Joining her will be MA Architects' own Principal Director of Interior Design and Managing Partner for the White Castle New Home Office Project, Carrie Boyd. Lisa, aka Slider Queen, oversees company-wide operations, including the frozen food, meat processing, bakery, and manufacturing divisions, as well as the iconic company's 400 porcelain steel stores throughout the Midwest and East Coast. If you know them, you love them. We all have a story about White Castle. Hello, Lisa and Carrie. Hi. Welcome to Make Hi. It Innovative. Thanks. Yes, we're thrilled to have you both with us today to kick things off. One thing we like to do is ask our guests a few questions. Lisa, everyone knows your brand, but we wanted to start off with you to get to know you a little bit better on a personal level. So we'd like to ask you three questions that are all about you, if that's okay. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> all right, here we go. So the first question, what are you most excited about these days? Wow. Um, I would say that I am most excited about the warmer weather, which is kind of a lame answer, but being able to get outside and do stuff for my kids, for my own mental health, being able to exercise, being able to see the sunshine. It's been raining tremendously this past week. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to everybody else getting outside as well and sort of getting back to some semblance of normal. I know that we're not going back to where we were before COVID, but uh, it would be nice to be able to have some interaction, have some things open, be able to do some fun activities. So I'm looking forward to that. Could not agree more. I am enjoying the sunshine right now. Yes. All right, next question. What is the skill still unmastered? What is the skill still unmastered? Well, so this year, um, I'll just give a, a, a one that I started this year. So one of my New Year's resolutions was to learn Spanish. Um, and so I have been. I have been using Duolingo and uh, practicing that, and I'm on like a 120-day streak. So that has continued through COVID. Um, actually, it's given me a little bit more time to focus on. So I would say that's definitely a skill still unmastered. But I thought that it would be really cool if I could speak to a lot of our Spanish team members out in the castles and in New York and New Jersey and the areas where we have a lot of diversity. And so for me to be able to just utter a couple of words in um, coherently would be really cool. So that was why I chose that. So I'm excited about that skill and, and continuing to focus on it. I love so that. Awesome. Love yeah. that. All right, last one. What makes you smile the most? What makes me smile the most? So... 
I would say that I have four children. Um, I have a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old. And I would say that my 10-year-old and my 12-year-old always make me smile because they still love their mom. They still think that their mom is cool, that they still want their mom to give them hugs and read them stories and watch movies with them, whereas my 14 and my 16-year-old are not as into mama as they once were. So I would say that they, they definitely make me smile. It'll awesome. come full circle. Once they're in college, right. they'll really That's what I'm told. <laughs> and I, as I think about my life, I, I, I realize that that happened as well. So I'm crossing my fingers that you that probably will. get smarter as they get uh, older, Right. I, too, I absolutely know, or... remember that my father was a complete idiot when I was in college. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, my God, he's really probably the smartest man in the world. I just was so the idiot. True. So it's Validation. very true. Yes. So, true. so I'm hoping that that happens to my kids. We'll see. <laughs> That's amazing. <Awesome. laughs> All right, Carrie, turning it on you. We know your passion for design, but we want to let listeners in a little bit more about who you are. You ready for your questions? I'm ready. Let's do it. If you had a spontaneous day off, what is the first thing you would do? Hopefully that spontaneous day is on a nice sunny day, um, and I would probably go pick up my 10-year-old son and do something outside, anything outside. I love it. I'm craving it, just like Lisa. I was going to say, it's a great theme. A park, a bike ride, anything whole new appreciation for the outdoors and love it what is the best thing that's happened this year this has been a really interesting hopefully you can hear my tapping fingers think, think, think. um so uh lem- lemonade out of lemons um just last week or the week ago or two weeks ago i um had a problem with my car and it died on me. And so I got a new Jeep just recently and I've wanted one since I was about 14 and I can't wait to like take the top off and just like go camp. I, I'm so excited about it. So that's probably the best thing. That's awesome. Last question and really important right now. Best way to decompress. Um, I shouldn't say drink wine, um, <laughs> but that's definitely probably one. Um, or box. I, I box. Um, that's my workout. Um, yeah, just hanging out with friends, probably. All amazing Paint. Things. I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> love it. Thank you both. I always love getting to know those little like nuggets that, get, that allow us to get to know you a little bit better. One thing that we always love to hear about is workplace culture. A survey from Deloitte concluded that 87% of organizations cite culture and engagement as one of their top challenges. And almost two-thirds of of executives do not feel that they are effectively driving their desired culture within their business. So Lisa, as the fearless leader and CEO of White Castle, we also hear that you are called the slider queen, which we want to hear a little (laughs) bit more about, uh, which is a good insight to your company culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about your work life and what the number one key component to a successful office culture is to you and to White Castle? Sure. So the I would say the number one, um, the most important thing when you think about your culture is really thinking about your values and your mission and your vision vision of the company. And so our vision is to feed the souls of Craver generations everywhere, and our mission is to create memorable moments. And so the Slider Queen <laughs> is a total um, play on our vision and our brand because we are a very fun company. When you think about White Castle, usually there's a story in there somewhere. There's a story about somebody um, having a great time with their friends or their family with White Castle. And we are so honored to be in that position and to be part of that memory. And so it's usually lots of fun. And so when 
you know, you think about White Castle and you think about kings and queens, I'm like, well, of course I'm the slider queen. <laughs> I mean, what else would I be? I'm certainly not going to be a princess. I mean, if I'm going to be anything, I'm going to be the queen. Um, Royalty. Right. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be the, the queen of the castle. And so I love that title. And it's much more down to earth than CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, um, it's much more about who I am. I'm, I try not to take myself too seriously and always want to have a little bit of fun. And so I think the slider queen is great. And Homage has made like three shirts for me that say Slider Queen. So I wear them everywhere under my professional <laughs> leather jacket. Power suit that yeah, that's my you... power suit. I'll have my Slider Queen on my jeans and my uh, leather jacket. <laughs> I love that. So I'm curious, given everything that's going on right now, how are you maintaining culture during this shelter in place, work from home time period? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely challenging. Um, you know, we built this beautiful office building that in you know, embodied our culture. Um, it has lots of amazing spaces. If you think about it, we call our corporate office our home office. Um, and we do that intentionally. We did that with our old building, but this one is even more like your home in that it has a cafe, it has um, lots of fun spaces, has lots of quiet spaces, it has a slide. Um, so there's all sorts of really amazing things about our new building that we're very excited about to have our people move into and to continue to create this home office environment. And then COVID hits, and now everybody is in their homes um, trying to keep connected via Zoom and via conference calls. And it's, it's much more challenging, but I give kudos to our teams because they continue to think of innovative ways to keep people connected, whether that's you know, trivia or happy hours or um, funny, you know, wear your funny hat on your Zoom call, those types of things to keep people connected, to keep people engaged. And we're just now in the process of moving back into the home office slowly. And um, we'll, we'll have to continue to look at how we continue to build that culture throughout uh, this time as we move back in. Those Zoom meetings, they're essential these days. I can't imagine trying to go back to the workplace without now having that be part of our normal work routine, right. especially when we work with clients, yes. things like that. Yes, They're absolutely. wearing me out a little bit. But are. <laughs> essential. They absolutely are. Right. Yes. So yes. again, as we're looking more post-pandemic, um, we've been utilizing a lot of our international trend research tools and future forecasting methods to think about what's next. Mm-hmm. One of the forecasted trends that we are predicting is this need for pop-up celebrations mm-hmm. that can replace what we have lost, not only being able to connect with each other, but replace the special moments that we've lost, like being able to go to graduation or a birthday or celebrating a promotion. So I'm just curious, are you all planning any pop-up celebrations as you think about re-entering the workplace? You know, we are, we're continuing to look at things that we can do to sort of re-engage people. Um, You know, we did, we actually did a pop-up before our, um, before all this happened for Valentine's Day. We did a pop-up White Castle in San Antonio, Texas, because we don't have any pop-ups down there. And so certainly we could do those types of things. And I think we will look at how we can celebrate our, our, I'm just going to say customers, celebrate our team members coming back into our building, um, but we're not sure when that's when everybody's going to be back in. Uh, to be uh, quite honest, and so thinking about how do we uh, for the next six months, how do we engage those that are coming back in, and how do we make those moments special while still keeping everybody safe? Because you know, you you in our office there, you have to social distance, you have to wear masks, those types of things. So how do you do that in a way that's fun, that's kind of quirky? but also is keeping people safe. And so we're definitely looking at that. It's nice to be able to think about that, actually, mm-hmm. because you know even three weeks ago, we w- that was not on our radar. 
So what is your favorite like pop-up idea or celebration or like something that you've done in the past to kind of engage culture? Well, we, I mean, we've done a lot of things. So I mentioned the pop-up uh, at Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day at White Castle is a huge deal. Um, you have to make a reservation to have dinner at White Castle. And um, we're only able to do that in the regions that we actually have castles. So the pop-up idea was putting a pop-up White Castle in San Antonio, Texas, in a parking lot of HEB, which is a retail customer of ours that sells our retail product. And it was a great, very, very successful event and lots of fun. We even had a um, proposal, a wedding proposal, marriage proposal (laughs) at the the pop-up, which is wonderful. So we do that. I mean, when we had our... Um, it wasn't the groundbreaking, but our, you know, our um, celebration of the new home office. I mean, we had the town crier come in, and most celebrations don't have a town crier. And <laughs> he and I came down the slide, and most CEOs don't slide <laughs> down into a press conference with the mayor, the governor, the lieutenant governor, et cetera. And so whatever we decide to do, it will have a very unique um, sort of spin on it. So it's not only figuring out how to celebrate us coming back into the new home office, but how do we continue to celebrate our team members out in the castles and out in the plants. We have an annual celebration every year that's called our 25-year club, where we bring everybody in that's worked for us for 25 years, which you know, to some people seems like, oh my gosh, we actually have people that stay for 25 years, and we actually do have a lot of people that do that. Um, and unfortunately, because of all of this, we've uh, decided to postpone our one for this year, and we're going to have it next year, which will be great because next year is our 100th birthday. Wow. And so we will have a huge celebration, hopefully, <laughs> um, for our 100th birthday and be able to celebrate two classes of our 25-year club next year, which will be really, really exciting. So we always try to figure out how to do all of that. Um, but we're always looking for good ideas to steal. So if you guys have some, I'm totally open to hearing them. And I'm sure Sam's yeah. got a couple. We'll talk yeah. to you offline. Yeah. Uh, no, I think yeah. you guys are amazing. Your culture is unlike any other that I've ever been a part of and gotten to oh, share. So it's really special. And obviously you're clearly doing something right because you have a cult-like following, um, both with your employees and with your customers. It's incredible. And it's really interesting too, Mark and I were doing some research before this podcast, and there's a study from Gallup that was saying highly engaged teams are 21% more productive. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And huge, huge, huge ROI, VOI, all the things. So Carrie, from an interior design perspective, what are the ways that workplace design can drive employee engagement? And how did you make that happen with the White Castle Home Office, working with Lisa and the White Castle team? Yeah, I think um, I just want to echo some of the things that Lisa said first, just about her culture and the company. Um, I think at MA, we really try to pair our clients with um, with um, like mindsets. And um, just how she describes the culture and what's important to them, I think, is very similar to the way we work. So. Um, we had a lot of fun working with this team, and it was really easy. Um, actually, I think we were all a little sad when the project was finally over, and we keep coming up with excuses on how to hang out, um, which is fun. I mean, John does a really mean whiskey tasting. He does. So. And he's, he is definitely a part of those celebrations. So I keep thinking, how yes. can I get John over? No, it's been great. Um, and so I think I'll answer this question maybe um, not only from a design perspective, but a little bit more holistically. Um, We did uh, a little bit of change management really early on with uh, the White Castle Group. Actually, we named it specifically to be on brand. I think it was the Change Craver Group. And so part of that was making sure that there was employee engagement early on and that that um, Change Craver Champion Group um, was a good diverse group of kind of all departments across the company. So I think making sure that you're getting constant feedback from employees, so to tie that back to design a little bit, we were able to get feedback 
on their existing building, which was um, maybe 80 plus year old building. And yes. so there were certainly some things that, um, I mean, employees did have opinions on what needed to change. And that, that really helped guide our design process. Um, but, um, you know, having flexibility for, for teams was the biggest, I think was the biggest ask. Um, so, and that's something we hear often. It's, you know, how do we, how do we make this space for today? And, and we're going to see this a lot more. It's going to have to change and be flexible mm-hmm. for the future um, based on, what's happening right now. But um, I think transparency is another thing, both physically, um, I guess literally and figuratively speaking. Uh, transparency from, I mean, we went from 90% private offices probably mm-hmm. to yeah. zero. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest change I've ever seen. Um, so, and, and really a lot of that was because of uh, Lisa's leadership and the ability and willingness to go and, um, and push and drive culture even more so than right. Mary. I mean, it's part of being open and collaborative, and part of your home. You don't, you know, you don't want to separate from right. your family. You want to have more open spaces. So, not having offices was a big deal. It was definitely probably the biggest um, yep. push point on our team members. But you and uh, John Kelly uh, did a great job of walking our team through that and showing the benefits to it. And we have not had one team member complain about that. Wow, that's great. That's great. I think. Um, being able to see your team members automatically gives you the ability to collaborate. I mean, I feel it. I mean, what we do, we collaborate every single day. And I'm sure you're similar. It's so hard when the person's not just sitting right next to you and have to get on a Zoom call. Um, but having no walls up um, when you are in a normal office working environment, it's just so easy to go talk to the person. And it feels, um, it just, it, it allows for more collaboration and for employees to feel like they can engage easier. Um, and then a huge thing that we did at White Castle, I think, was the brand integration. It was probably my favorite part about the project because you have so many amazing stories and people love to talk about their experience with White Castle. So um, when we're able to really jump into a company and and feel like we're living it, uh, it, it allows us to design spaces around their brand and culture. And I think that's what employees really want. They want to feel connected to the brand, the company that they're working for. They want to know the values of that company, like you spoke uh, to earlier, your guiding principles, I think were really important in leading our design process. So every step you take, I think, in that office space, there is something having to do with brand. There's a lot of humor. Um, I think you feel it right when you walk in. So I think Giving employees um, always a reminder of what the company is all about, what they believe in, is is an immediate, impactful way to help employees feel engaged. Yeah, I, totally I think agree. the timeline that goes up the stairs yes. is super cool, and it's funny, and it's but it's factual satire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it was a great way to represent our history without it feeling like you know, we're really old. Yeah, that was actually, I will never forget that. We, You don't know how many times we repeated what you said, like, early on. I don't want this to feel like a museum. Right. And so we were like, okay, we can't do that. The The biggest push, I think, was the desk right. in the first floor space, but we had to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you did it in such a cool way with the technology integration and everything, so it doesn't feel like a museum. It right. just feels, like, really cool. I it feels love a that piece. blend of the past and the future in that piece, so yeah. I love it. It's such a legendary brand, and I think yeah. it carries so much history with it and a really fun culture so the two married together 
really are embodied, I think, in the office space. I'm excited for people to see more photos and yes. hopefully eventually get to tour the space. Yes. I know that it's a craver destination and you guys have a custom-made throne and everything. Yes. So yes. it is quite unlike anything else I've ever seen Yes, before. and you guys were <laughs> instrumental in helping get that all set up. So that's been, um, that throne is very, very sought after. And I love the that picture throne. Of, <laughs> you know, being able to get your picture taken on the throne is super cool. It so. is. Oh, so yeah. real quick, tell us about that throne and like where the history from that came from. So uh, you guys connected us with a local woodworking. Dave uh, Joyce, yeah, yeah, gentleman here. And um, my cousin John was really leading this. He's our chief people officer and has been, you know, the key contact for all the cultural elements. And he's really the keeper of the culture, which is fabulous. But he was telling me about this guy building the throne. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll be cool. When we went to his house in, uh, I don't remember where it is, Columbus somewhere, and um, saw like the the start of it, I was like blown away. I mean, just the intricacies and the detail and the way that he took the words and wrapped, like made them 45 degree angle and wrapped them on a uh, post was super, super cool. And the, the, um, uh, the scepter, everything about it just really brought a huge smile to my face. And again reinforce that we have this amazing brand that's been around for almost 100 years but that piece doesn't make it feel old it makes it feel super cool and relevant and exciting and fun and all of the brand attributes that we want to come out um so i was really happy with with that and so thank you guys for making that connection because he did a fabulous job they um they have this this such a following like we've talked about already and there's a Craver Hall of Fame. Yes. And so every year you induct a new Craver. I yes. think for, we so induct about nine or ten uh, oh, Cravers oh, every I year. I got that yes. wrong. Sorry. Um, and so Alice Cooper was yes. one year and yes. so there's this picture of him with these Craver boxes and they basically made this big throne for him to sit in and so John brought that picture to us and he's like I, I, I think we could rebuild something out of these boxes in some way. And um, so we're like, okay, let's take that. Let's like think on it. And our uh, graphic designers like, okay, we can create something really cool. And because it's castle, mm-hmm. we felt like it needed to be this like rigid wood thing. I'm talking with my hands. I do that. I wish anyone <laughs> else could see that. Um, <laughs> so that the whole concept, it just really, um, I feel, ties into your brand so well and has so many stories wrapped into it. I just love the history. It's it's great. Yeah, it's almost Game of Thrones-ish. So. It, it, he <laughs> talked about that too. He did. Very trendy. Right? <laughs> Which I can be the queen that sits on yeah. that. So, so um, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, we've talked about you came from a home office that you've been in there 80 plus years. 80 plus years. What advice would you give leaders that are thinking about making a change right now? Um, you know, and what is the greatest opportunity, I think, for looking to create a new home office? So when I talk to people about moving, they're like, okay, you know, what, what things have you learned? And I think the biggest thing that we've learned is, is that people can adapt. So we went from an office that we had been in for literally 83 years where everybody, almost everybody, had a private office with a door that shut. Um, and we went to a completely open environment where nobody has any offices. And when I tell people that, their eyes get really big and they're looking at me like, oh my gosh, how did you actually achieve that? And you know, I'm not saying that it wasn't you know, super, like nobody put up any resistance, But when you explain to people why you want to move to this, why it's important that we have collaboration, that collaboration is going to help us be more innovative and innovation is going to help us be around for another 100 years, 
um, they get it and they're willing to at least try it. And once they got into the building and saw all the other cool things that we have, that we have a fitness center, that we have a great cafe, that we have the throne, that we have all this history that's represented in a very cool, fun, um, relevant way, then the, the, the need for the office goes away because we have so many rooms that they can go to and be in an a private office-like environment. Sorry, I was doing quotes there and I hit the microphone. <laughs> um, and so I think that leaders should give their teams the benefit of the doubt that they can make these adjustments, that they can move to a new environment, that it's not going to be catastrophic. Um, and people have their own spaces. So while we don't have offices, people have their own cubicle. They can put their things there that are meaningful to them. They can put pictures of their family um, and that really, again, creates a sense of home and it cre- creates a sense of family. It allows them to bring their family to uh, the building. And we're really excited about that. And so I think that's been the biggest learning because it definitely, there was a lot of conversation about whether or not we should go <laughs> to this extreme or not. And I really felt like people would be okay because we we're going to such a different environment and there's mm-hmm. so many other great amenities that the fact that you didn't get a private office, but you had a place that you could go if you needed to have a private conversation or a private meeting, that that wouldn't be a as great of an obstacle as people were expecting it to be. And it's the whole change management. Um, so I love it. I think life definitely begins at the end of your comfort zone. Right. And I think it might have felt a little uncomfortable, but everyone seems to be really thriving in your new yeah, space. And yeah, they love it. Well, you it's, said no one's complained yet. So. No, no one has complained. <laughs> well, maybe they are complaining that, and I'm just not hearing it, but I, I think I would have. <laughs> you're I think you're I in have touch. Heard it. I yeah. have faith. Yeah. I have heard it. It's interesting, though, how much of an impact the workplace has on employees. And there's actually a study that says 64% of the companies in the United States retaining employees is harder than hiring them. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you have had so many employees around, not only for 25 years, but 40 years, I mean, beyond any comprehension, you know, it, it says so much about your company and now even your space. And so I am curious, um, for both of you, was there any consideration to design and the choices that you guys made to attract new people, to retain the workforce that you had? Yes, Carrie is shaking her head yes. so yes. rigorously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I think that was almost the top thing that we heard when we came in was we need to be able to recruit top talent and retain the wonderful people that we have. And um, so absolutely, I mean, there was a lot of research and benchmarking that we did. Um, for example, we went to Coke's headquarters in Atlanta, and I think Lisa and the whole team wanted to make sure that we are we are competitive. We White yes. Castle is uh, is competitive, and that we are able to create a space that people are excited to come to and want to come to work every day. Of course, there's an amazing culture, but you're in this space every single day. Uh, and I mean, literally, I know a lot of people work every single day. So um, it, it makes it makes a, a big. Um, it's a big impact. Um, so I know that was a goal. I'm, I'm sure you might have more to add to that. But yeah, I mean, if you think about. So the fact that we've been able to have this tremendous tenure has been wonderful. But we know that um, many people, for them, that's not something that they would strive for. You know, maybe in the 30s, 40s, 50s, that was something that people looked for as a company that they could stay with for decades. That may not be the case as much anymore. And so having an environment that is relevant, that is cool, that is that has great amenities was something that we didn't feel like our current building, our 80-year-old building, really had. And so that was part of the reason to move to this new space. And I'll tell you a funny story. 
So the first time that we brought our four children to um, the White Castle headquarters, the new White Castle headquarters, uh, when they saw it, when it was all done, they looked at me and, said, and they said, yeah, we could work here. And they never, <laughs> ever said that about the other building, ever. <laughs> Amazing. And I think that that's just a testament to the work that you, the great work that you guys did and that we collaborated on to make the space feel very relevant and very cool and very appealing to a younger generation, um, a new generation that may not be looking for a company that they could stay with for 40 years. Absolutely. You guys have four generations right now in your workplace. So it's yes. incredible that it's a space that fits all of those. Obviously, to your earlier point, it's a really flexible space. It is very flexible space. And right now, everyone is talking about agile workplaces. Mm-hmm. It's a huge word. It's a huge buzzword, both pre-COVID, post-COVID. And so I'm really curious um, what that looks like and what that means to our listeners as term in the terms of an agile workplace for innovation. Um, well, so Agile Workspace, I feel like, is used in a lot of different ways. Actually, Mark's smiling at me right now. We had this conversation <laughs> the other day because some people say Agile, um, and that might mean no address, which um, some people are familiar with. There's a lot of companies who have decided to do all open office, and there's no dedicated seat. So um, any employee can work in any spot any day. Um, I have a feeling that's going to change in the future. But um, And there's also um, just flexible working space, which is more dedicated workspace, workspace, whether it's private office or workstations. Um, but there's a lot of flexible areas, like Lisa was speaking to earlier, cafe spaces, um, you know, informal meeting areas with technology, without technology, um, and more activity-based workplace uh, where you might be really collaborating hard on a thing, whether it's a maker-type space or a shredding space. So I think it means that word agile workplace means a lot of different things to different people. Uh, So it really depends on the company. I think the biggest thing to take away from that, though, is choice. So um, I'll give some statistics right back at you, Sam. I do it. I love them. So, and, and, you know, you could probably find any statistic you want on anything that, you know, when you're looking for. But I I think um, the stat I heard was 17% um, increase in productivity when you give people the choice of where they work, which I thought was incredible because when you think about moving yourself around, it seems like there's, there would be a a lack of efficiency in doing that um but but i can understand how it does increase you know if you're sitting at your desk all day uh you start it wears on you whether it's like uh, physical pain whether it's back issues so getting up and moving around actually helps you cre- be creative uh so that agile space i think we will see more of it um now whether it's no address i'm, I'm not sure how that will work in the future but um one thing I did think was interesting, a conversation I had last week with one of the big brokers here in town, um, we were talking about these no address spaces and in the future will it be uh, maybe you choose a spot a day so you can't change multiple times a day, but the fact that it's probably cleaner and safer to do that than people who stack stuff up and um, and, and, and right? Yeah. And so because the cleaning regimen every night, if the surface with those no address stations, you have to clean all your stuff off your desk every night, put it in a locker. And so every surface is being wiped down at the end of the day, which I thought it just, it was like a pivot for me because I hadn't been thinking about it that way, um, but it actually does seem cleaner. So it'll be really interesting, I think, to see how that evolves. Very interesting. I think too, with everyone working from home right now, there's a lot more flexibility than we've ever experienced before. And you can get up and walk outside when you want, you know, you can take a lunch break when you want, do whatever that looks like. And so how that will then translate back into the built environment when we're back in our workplaces will be interesting. But I think White Castle 
is ready for that. You're prepared because it is already so agile, so flexible. Yeah, we definitely have, you know, we wanted outdoor spaces because we wanted people to be able to get out, see natural light, you know, get outside in the elements. Um, and so I think we'll be we'll be well positioned for that oh my uh, gosh, as yeah. well. And you have a gym. I mean, you guys yeah, are ready. Gym. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have all of that. I um, love it. Well, we're up to our last question now. So, and it's going to be for both of you. Uh, what we really want to do is just talk about, um, you know, given everything that's going on right now, what innovation are you all seeing in the workplace that is actually offering employees more comfort, choice, and control um, to really to be ready to um, maybe re-enter or come back to the workplace? So I think, you know, obviously some of the things that we're looking at is how do we make sure that our office building is very clean and um, safe for our team members to come back in and how are we following all of the uh, principles from the CDC and the governments and all of that. But also, how are we going to engage people in the future? Um, How are we going to let them still retain their flexibility for their life? You know, whether that's juggling kids that can't go to daycare or can't go to school or can't go to camps, or juggling, you know, uh, parents that you don't want to have infected. And so whether that's you come back and you work for a day or two a week, or you come back full time, or you stay at home full time, I think we're looking at all of those options right now and sort of trying to figure that out. We are in phase one of our reopening, where we have, you know, a small number of our team members back in the home office. And we're going to learn from that and then take those learnings and apply that to phase two, where we bring back a larger portion of our um, team members and then move on to phase three, which, you know, hopefully will allow us to have bigger groups. Because you think about some of the challenges are like we can't have a big meeting yet. You know, so how do you do that? How do you we had our board meeting and we did it virtually, but we were talking about, okay, in September, could we maybe have the board physically present and, and then have people come down for their presentation, but go back up? Um, and join virtually. So sort of this dual pathways, I think it will be very interesting to watch how we navigate. And we'll, you know, it's going to be trial and error because nobody's gone through a global pandemic yet. So um, we're all sort of learning as we go. Makes sense. I think it's so smart that rolling waves idea allows you to test and get uh, feedback and then figure out how to pivot from there. Yes. I I completely agree. Um, And with that, I think technology is going to be you know, probably a struggle for everyone when they come back to the workplace. I know um, there's a lot of groups that we're working with right now that um, have felt in the past that they've really integrated technology into their workplace, but now with um, with maybe a third of their staff coming back and being truly mobile, um, do we really have the technology set up in a way where we're going to be efficient once half the people, two-thirds, one-third are, are in the workplace? Um, I know for us it's tough because we draw. And so to be able to actually like use your hand with a pen in front of a person is really challenging. So, you know, does that mean that we have to get the the smart boards with a pen so we can actually, I know there's things like Jamboard, um, which is a pretty inexpensive solution, but I, I think there's gonna be a whole new wave of technology and how, how it's integrated um, so that it truly can be seamless. I think we've all um, be, become stronger um, because we're forced to, you know, thrown in the deep end and we swim uh but so i'll be really curious to see what sort of technology um we can learn about that will help the ease of this transition um and of course the flexibility piece Uh, you know everyone we have to be nimble and have to figure out uh how we can change because next week is going to be different than this week uh and who knows what two months is going to look like so yeah just being flexible 
It's a really energizing time, I think. There's a lot of opportunities, and Mark has been saying it constantly, but just because it's going to be different than what it was doesn't mean it's not going to be better. And I think it will be interesting, especially with technology. Augmented intelligence is going to be such a huge thing, how tech and human work together. And, you know, tech is just used to amplify human creativity right. and human input. But I think, you know, even from our beginning of the conversation, tech will never replace human connection. Mm -hmm and never replace that feeling of being together, you know, whether it is the workplace, whether it is a restaurant, whether it is just with your family, you know, your work family or your biological family. So it's really interesting. I'm excited to see what the next week and two months and two years come to bring. We're definitely at an inflection point right now. And I just wanted to say thank you both to Carrie and to Lisa yes. for being here for our very first podcast and for sharing these innovations. And I hope that uh, our listeners are out there getting some great insights that they can then take back and think about like what their future workplace and spaces want to really look like. So again, we just want to say thank you to you guys. Thank and you. we are excited to see what happens in the next uh, days, weeks, and months to come. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit our website at maarchitects.com, where we have an entire COVID toolbox up and running that covers the wide variety of sectors we serve. And if you want to continue our conversation, feel free to reach out to me directly at markb at maarchitects.com. Once again, I'm one of your hosts for Make It Innovative, Mark Bryan. And Sam Dickerson. I hope you find the change you want to be and allow innovation to thrive in the way you live. And once again, thanks again to our guest, Lisa Ingram, CEO and fearless leader of White Castle, and Carrie Boyd, principal of MA Architects and our director of interior design. Have a great day, everybody, and make it innovative. Thank, Thank you. you.